A friendly anima community where the trees bleed, the moon is shattered, and a stone dragon rests overhead while we all pretend it's just a statue. Welcome to Vale. Good evening, listeners new and old. Our listenership seems to have grown since the calamity that was the loss of the communications tower. While some of you may think this is an entirely bad situation due to our inability to communicate over long distances, call for help to authorities, plunge us into a new dark age and seemingly open the door for the creatures of Grimm to become a lot closer than our closest neighbors neighbors close enough to smell our fear. Neighbors so close that you're not sure where their darkness ends and yours begins. Despite these negative connotations to our new way of life, I'd like to think of it as a welcome return to the golden age of community radio. And now, the news. Remaining members of the Atlesian soldiers helping to continue relief efforts have announced a ban of the color red. The ban comes after the night, commonly referred to as the Fall of Beacon, where their proprietary Atlesian Knight robot guards all simultaneously changed their blue tone to a red tone and started attacking innocent civilians. The Atlesian soldiers provided the following statement. In an effort to reduce crimson-related crimes, we are until further notice containing any and all red items into designated areas in Vale for study into why these sudden changes happened. Thank you for your patience in this matter. These areas they refer to are outside of any of the majorly populated areas and are marked with large quarantine zone signs. Please take any and all red-colored items you have unless they have already come to your homes and taken them by force. More on this story as it develops. And now, the community calendar. The annual Hunter and Huntress Vale Community Volleyball Championship has been canceled due to rain and also due to the fact that most of the registered participants are dead, or on vacation. Who can really say in our isolated state? Tuesday, the three-hour daily ritual of staring vacantly into the middle distance as the existential dread sets in has been moved from 3.30 in the afternoon to 4.30. 3.30 p.m. is now the property of the Schnee Dust Corporation. Wednesday was a mistake. Let's not kid ourselves, it was never going to work out. Thursday, the charity bake sale will be located at a booth in the town center outside of City Hall, about three blocks from what used to be the heart of Beacon Academy. The bake sale will begin promptly at 10 a.m. and will continue through the day until either all of the baked goods have been purchased or when the volunteers are inevitably devoured by the grim still running rampant in our city. Whichever comes first. This year, all proceeds will be going to the Center for the Advancement of Human Grim Relations, a noble cause, if ever there was one. 
The Restoration Society will be hosting a Q&A Friday regarding their upcoming proposal to preserve the statue of Ozpin that his current <clears throat> representative, as a professional broadcaster, I'd like to point out that there was a specific note to clear my throat when saying <clears throat> representative commissioned shortly after his disappearance. Any and all citizens who ask directly about why city funds are going to a statue of a headmaster that may or may not be dead rather than rebuilding our streets, homes, and businesses will be carted away blindfolded in the back of a government transport for mandatory re-education. Saturday, former Huntress Professor Peach will be offering a free all-ages archery class in Emerald Park at 8 a.m. Bows and arrows will be available to rent free of charge. When asked what good the skill of archery could possibly be when the Elysian soldiers finally decide to wipe us off the map in the inevitable robot uprising, the professor scowled. I am but a teacher, she said. Activities like these and the companionship that comes with community have the power to restore people. Humanity needs to come together in this dark time if we are to weather the coming storm. And finally, Sunday. Sunday is Magic Appreciation Day, the day in which we celebrate all things magical. Although, as we all know, magic does not exist and should never be talked about. Magic, that taboo aberration that acts as an affront to the natural world, is not real and thusly should be put far out of the minds of all of you faithful listeners out there. Stay grounded in the real world, and focus on unlocking and honing your semblances instead. This has been your community calendar. The Society of the Full Moon will be hosting a membership drive slash mixer on the third Thursday of the month at O'Malley's Bar and Grill. The local chapter of the society is looking to expand its membership, as currently they have a total of only three members, one of which is rumored to be an inanimate scarecrow that some local teens placed in one of the meetings as a prank. Here in the studio today to tell us more about the organization and its upcoming event is the organization's chairperson, Miss Petra Conejito. Am I saying that right, Petra? Uh, thank you for coming down to talk to us today. Konehito, you did fabulously. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm a big fan of the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your group. Can you tell us what exactly drove you become, to becoming the leader of this organization? Certainly. As a Faunus myself, I'm often asked to clear up misconceptions about what it's like to be one, what it's like having giant rabbit ears in addition to normal human ones, etc., etc. So, clearing up misconceptions sort of became a hobby of mine. And what better way to combine my love of correcting people and my love of astronomy than dedicating my life to correcting lunar dogma, as it were. <laughs> so, the Society of the Full Moon is an organization dedicated to raising awareness and clearing up misinformation about the world we live in. Our main goal is to unveil the truth about the moon that hovers in the sky above this God's forsaken wasteland. Now, scientists will tell you that the moon is being broken apart by our planet's own gravity. These charlatans claim that the satellite above our world is shattered because it falls within what they call the Roche limit of our celestial body. I'm here to dispel this myth. Not only is the moon above us completely intact, but 
it couldn't possibly be torn apart by the planet's gravity because gravity does not exist. Gravity is a lie perpetuated by big dust designed to keep you all complacent. These so-called scientists, using so-called facts, are on the payroll of these dust lobbyists. I'm... I'm sorry, Petra. Are you suggesting that the moon is one piece because the very concept of gravity is a fabrication? Yes! It's a giant conspiracy designed to keep us all distracted. While we live in fear of the damage that falling pieces of the moon could do to our planet, Big Dust uses that fear to attract Grimm to smaller towns in the way of their mining operations. The towns are wiped out, Big Dust moves in to rob the land of its resources, and we stand mesmerized by the grand illusion that hangs above our head each day. So, it is your belief that we are not in danger of asteroids colliding with the surface of our planet because you don't believe in gravity? Yes, as responsible citizens, it's our duty to ensure that facts don't prevent us from getting to the truth. Don't let the arrogance of the scientific community and their years of study tell you what you know in your heart to be wrong. And if you need any evidence, you need look no further than that of our local huntsmen and huntresses in training. Students can leap into the air with amazing feats of athleticism, often a flying from one chunk of falling debris to the next, attacking the grim at heights that border the stratosphere. How could these students accomplish this if gravity worked at all the way scientists claim it does? Really makes you think. Then what is it exactly that we are seeing when we look up towards the sky? I'm glad you asked. It is well known that some people possess a semblance that can create illusions. Is it really so hard to accept that the big dust companies have either hired or kidnapped some of these individuals to create the perpetual illusion of the moon overhead? The moon itself is intact. We are merely seeing the projected image of the moon shattered to pieces. But all the time? As in creating this illusion to every person on the planet at all hours of the day and night? Yes! so that big dust can use fear to attract Grimm to outskirt towns and cities standing in the way of their bottom line. Do I need to go through it again? I honestly don't know how such a simple explanation had eluded the public for so long. You find that easier to believe than the, uh, theory of the moon simply being too close to our planet? If I may ask, if gravity is a lie, what is it exactly that keeps us on the ground? <laughs> Oh, Belle, I get that question all the time, and there's a perfectly logical explanation for that. One that I explain in my new book, The Sky is Full of Lies. You can win a signed copy as one of the many raffle prizes we'll be giving away at O'Malley's next Thursday. I've also been told that the Thursday happy hour menu is a delight, but I have a free signed copy for you, Bill. Why... Thank you, Petra. This is such an unexpected and unsolicited gift, which, as we all know, are the best kind. You're most welcome. Thanks again for having me. Hope to see you at O'Malley's. In the meantime, keep watching the sky, true believers. One day you'll pierce that grand illusion and see the truth. Thank you for joining us, Petra. A message from the Vale Department of Health. Attention, humans. Remember to get your flu shots. It's a pretty bad strain this year, and the shot will do absolutely nothing, aside from completely cure you. There is nothing else to be concerned about in regards to this shot. 
There are no mind control additives or special serum to eradicate anyone who is cured by this. Support a healthy community and sign up to get your flu shot today. Uh, uh, upon second glance, listeners, this message is not in fact from the Vale Department of Health, but the local chapter of the White Fang. Adjust your flu shot plans accordingly. Tuxen's book trade will soon be reopened to the public. After the tragic loss of its former owner, the home for every book under the sun has sadly been closed off to the public as homicide detectives continue their investigation. However, due to certain recent events, the authorities have issued a public statement that the investigation will be put on hold until they figure out the best way to remove the giant stone dragon from the center of the city, which is to say, it will be on hold indefinitely. With the case closed, a buyer has stepped forth to ensure that the citizens of Vale can enjoy the wonderful works of fiction, non-fiction, and superfiction without ever having to step forth into the dark recesses of our local library. The entrepreneur in question is, of course, the old man who is everywhere. After purchasing the store, the old man who is everywhere sent out a press release saying that to honor the late Tuxen's memory, the name of the store would remain the same. When asked for comment regarding whether or not this decision had anything to do with the cost-saving measures of not having to replace the signs or how adding the bookshop has added to the vast network of businesses in town owned and run by the old man who is everywhere, he simply said nothing, as he never speaks. No word yet on an official date for the shop's grand reopening, but rest assured that book lovers across Vale will remain vigilant. Update on Beacon Academy. Quiet. Stillness. The stillness of which we will never know and hope to never know personally. A stillness in which will enrapture us all before we turn to dust. Quiet. Listeners, we've been sent a series of missing persons reports across our fair burg. These reports have been placed in between a variety of invoices filled with lists of red items collected by the Atlesian soldiers. Hmm. In order to get to the bottom of this, I'm going to have to send out one of our intrepid intern reporters. Merlot, head down to the closest quarantine zone and return these invoices right away. Uh, Poppy McIvers? Carmine Clay? Maisie Mahogany? Uh, Bill, have you seen these names? I don't know if this is something now, I... Now, now, Merlot, get a move on. We wouldn't want to be accused of withholding evidence, now would we? Right, uh, of course not. And now, a word from our sponsor. You see them everywhere. The shadows out of the corner of your eyes. No matter where you go. Your apartment complex. The marketplace the remnants of the communication tower. Even on the relatively peaceful island of Patch, there's no escaping them. Shadow beings in the shape of everyday people. 
These shadows wander the streets, sit in cafes, and seemingly have conversations with one another as they stand in the background of your life. These silhouettes fill your soul with dread as your mind recoils from the reality of their existence. What are they, you ask yourself, as you stare vacantly into your own reflection, as if the version of you on the other side of the glass could somehow provide an answer. Are they a sinister form of grim that have taken a cruel mockery of human shape to toy with humanity? Are they the embodiment of the negativity humans harbor against one another? Could they be beings from a mystical plane beyond our comprehension? Or perhaps they are refugees of the old world, the children of gods that have long since abandoned a remnant beyond salvation. You have no way of knowing. The only thing you do know is the cold chill that runs down your spine when you see them on your way to work, sitting in a cafe. Even more unsettling than the thought of what these shadows might be, what they might want, is the horrifying realization that you are not the only one that recognizes these otherworldly beings. Your fellow citizens see the shadow creatures for the abominations that they are, and yet, no one speaks of them. Everyone carries on with the charade, afraid that acknowledging them would shatter the uneasy peace, alter the equilibrium of reality, and ultimately destroy the odd coexistence these beings have established with us. As such, the farce goes on. Shadows in the shape of people continue to haunt the background of your life, no matter how desperately you wish to scream. You wish to beg someone else around you to acknowledge them. You keep silent. A simple walk, food that makes sense, even when your reality does not. Correction on our update regarding Beacon Academy. Station management requested I clarify that after we die, we do not turn into energized powder with various elemental attributes that can power the machinations of our world. Rather, upon looking into the face of our end, we will feel our existence burn with one final resistance one bright reminder that our time in Remnant will leave any sort of impression before peace, by infinitesimal peace, returns to the planet we were born from. So, sorry, I guess. Let's take a look at today's traffic. Is what I would usually say right now, but that's become rather difficult to just do what with the fall of the CCT. When there's a global crisis that disrupts all distant communications, your first thought isn't about the loss of accurate travel times or advanced knowledge of road conditions. We all mourned the fall of the system that allows us to keep up to date with the latest weapon combination trends and viral videos of adorable kittens. But there are certainly these other, less devastating drawbacks we must too consider. Nonetheless, I am a radio professional and therefore must press on, despite challenging circumstances. I do have a rather large window near my desk that gives me an excellent view of the street outside the studio, so I shall endeavor to provide an accurate reading of these conditions. For now, it's quiet. 
Still quiet. Oh, wait, I, I think I see someone. Station intern. Here she comes, dragging one leg painstakingly slowly behind her as she scrambles off the sidewalk and towards our building. Oh, oh my, is that blood? Listeners, I fear something is very, very wrong with our dear intern. While I make a check on the physical condition of Merlot, I take you now to the weather.
Ladies and gentlemen, what I've just heard was a bit of a wake-up call, and to properly support youth in broadcasting, I am providing Merlot an opportunity to make her report in person. I hope you give her your undying attention. They tried to confiscate me, Bill. I, I wasn't supposed to leave there. These quarantine zones weren't built to hold innocuous red objects like heirloom tomatoes and paintings of countless red eyes peering out from the trees of a dimly lit forest. Sure, piles of red cloaks and vases of blood-red roses and stacks of offensively colored shop signs are scattered around the otherwise featureless facility, but their purpose stretches much deeper. Large, friendly signs cover the entrance gate, all with comforting phrases written on them. Quarantine zone. Do not enter if you want to see your family again. Red cannot harm you now. Crimson Containment Center. We are not here to hurt you. Only the color red. I handed off the invoices, as asked, to a pair of cheerful Elysian soldiers sitting behind the makeshift registration booth. They began to assure me that their files were perfectly in order and encouraged me to return quickly and report on how organized and successful this operation was. No need to worry about us, they told me cheerfully. We are getting to the bottom of this situation. I am saddened to report that things went downhill rather quickly. A third soldier emerged from the heavily padlocked gates, leading someone I can only describe as a prisoner behind her. Imagine my surprise when I recognized Garnet Zhao, the local activist for the Let Swords Just Be Swords movement, an individual we have interviewed on several important occasions. Of course, this connection meant that she too recognized me. She called my name thoughtlessly, the momentary joy of meeting draining quickly to horror as realization dawned. Immediately, the friendly hands that were removing a stack of invoices from my hands were now grasping those very same hands of mine, every trace of friendliness drained from those gloved fingers as I was restrained. Now, I understand my duties as a station intern, and while I take my experience here very seriously, I feel being confined indefinitely within the quarantine zone is slightly outside the bounds of that internship. My duties do, however, include seeking undeniable hard facts and fetching coffee so a certain radio host isn't grumpy. Knowing this, I was eager to remove myself from that place as quickly as possible, as I am of far more use bringing the results of my investigation back to you than staying chained up in a crimson prison. And investigate I did, pressing them to define what constituted as a red object once they were engrossed in a debate over whether plum should be considered red in this case, you know, just to be absolutely safe, I slipped free of my constraints and made my escape. They were not willing to let me run off that easily, of course, but the skills I learned during my basic intern training program for eluding the notice of station management made those militarily trained soldiers from Atlas no match for me. Thank you for your report, Merlot. Luckily, it is time for one of your pre-approved and legally distributed breaks. Take a load off. You've earned it. Yeah, you think? There goes a future leader in the world of media, if ever there was one.
We've just received a notice from the Elysian soldiers about the events described by intern Merlot. And by received, I mean I'm looking out the window of the studio and seeing a multitude of Elysian soldiers holding up cartoonish signs saying phrases like, oops, and never mind about that whole red band thing, lol, and please don't tell your intern that we're out here, but please tell her that we feel really bad about the way things shook out. Huh. That was a really long but quite legible sign. Blaming a color for all of the problems of your world may seem logical in the moment, but it is pretty irresponsible. A lot of the children of the current generation are burdened by their parents to be named after a color. It has been said that this practice was a demonstration of refusing the oppression of expression for generations to come. Despite being only 80 years removed from a war that these very children have no memory or connection to other than their family's losses, being tied to this tradition can only hurt them. As seen tonight, the very identity of someone based on their name put their life in danger. If it weren't for the basic combat training and evasion training that all of our interns receive, things could have been a lot worse. The families affected by this gross oversight of power, by those insisting on helping us in our time of need now, have a very important choice to make. One, get lost in the shuffle and live your life opening every door with reticence at the idea that it could be the last time you are opening up a door. Live in fear. Or two, don't live by the expectations or labels that previous generations stick to you. Just because your name is Steel doesn't mean you have to live to the specifications those who named you gave by placing those specific letters in that specific order. Create your own classification to fit under. Be the person you feel, not the person you're given. Be your unabashed self. Stay tuned next for this exact broadcast, except one of the words spoken will be changed out for a more invasive one. This is Relata Bill Fume signing off as the person I choose to be. Good night, Vale. Good night. <laughs>